This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates. Our aim is to help you on your investing journey break down the barriers from beginning to dividend. Whether you're an absolute beginner or Warren Buffett, we guarantee Equity Mates will have something for you. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my Equity Mate, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. I am two episodes into your new opening. Yeah. And it'll I, flow, it'll flow. I don't know if it flows. <laughs> it will flow. I, I think I think we need a little bit more flow. <laughs> it'll flow, trust me. It's just because uh, I used to be able to rattle off the old ones so easily. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've got to get into the rhythm of this one. Uh but this one encompasses a little bit more about what Equity Mates is about. So I think uh, just give it some time. Okay, okay. I want to yeah. see more f- rhythm and more flow from you next time. That look, I'll I'll uh, make sure I put some time in my diary to do uh, that. No, just <laughs> just do it. <laughs> so, Ren, this uh, episode is all about our stock of the year for 2021. Yes, yes. We've just done our bold predictions for 2021. Again, a reminder to all of you out there. We would love to hear your bold predictions. So head to equitymates.com forward slash contact to do that. But uh. As is tradition as well, we up the stakes and choose one stock that we think is going to outperform the other. Now, traditionally, I have uh, <laughs> been the winner of this. Oh, not just the winner. <laughs> this episode, I really just shouldn't even participate in. <laughs> uh, for, for context, uh, I seem to be able to pick a stock that will lose at least a quarter of its value. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Ren is about to say, uh, short. I look. I've had a, a lot of time to think about this over summer, and there were a lot of directions that I could have gone. Um, and I'm happy to talk about the the ones that I didn't choose. But at the end of the day, I've definitely gone for one that I think has a limited downside. Okay, nice. I've, so you're going risk protection. I I am. I think it's actually got a fair bit of upside. I actually, the more I looked into this company, the more I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, but I'm sort of going like worst case scenario. <laughs> could it could it halve in value again? No. And I don't think this one will. Okay. So fair play. And look, to be fair, I've thought that every year that I've picked an okay company, and um, here we are. <laughs> so who knows? Before we jump in as well, we just want to uh, let you guys know that we do now have the ability for for you to support us if you if you're really enjoying what we're doing and. Uh, 
think that the content is providing you a lot of value and helping you on your investing journey, then if you head to equitymates.com forward slash support, there is a function there for you to be able to to give us a, a one-time donation or perhaps put something in a bit more regular. But uh, we would certainly appreciate anything that you could throw away. Help us keep the lights on and, and keep this content rolling. We, we have a lot of th- things planned this year and, and very much uh, looking forward to bringing more of the world of investing to, to you guys. So uh, head to equitymates.com forward slash support. Yeah, I love doing equity mates. Uh, I hate going to sponsors to try and ask them for money. So if you can save me from that. <laughs> Ren, I don't think you've ever done that. <laughs> Ren, yeah, Ren doesn't do that. Oh, so. <laughs> come on, mate. Come on. Um, so, yeah, it would be great if you could support us. If you if you can, first of all, and if you want to, second of all, obviously. But, um, yeah. Anyway, let's yes. uh, enough of that. Let's, let's get into this episode. So, um, whenever we do an episode where we talk about an individual stock... We do need to make clear that um, we're not experts. We're here on the journey trying to learn with everyone in the Equity Mates community. Um, we're not making a buy, hold or sell recommendation here. We're uh, just you know, trying to apply everything we've learned to individual companies and uh, these are two companies that we're going to be talking about today. But do your own research, um, make your own decisions, speak to a financial professional if you feel that's something you need to do. Um, but hopefully out of this episode, you get an idea of how we're thinking about companies and yeah. how we've researched companies. And hopefully that helps you on your journey looking at companies and researching companies. Nice. So, who wants to <sighs> kick it off? I want you to kick it off. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I will kick it off. Um, so, Ren... Look, there are a number of cracking companies, I think, that we could choose from around the world. Stocks have done pretty well for themselves. <laughs> stocks have done well over the years. Stocks have, done, <laughs> stocks have done really well over the years. And look, I'm really looking forward to pitching some of these stocks that are on the watch list on the hypothetical portfolio. Yeah. You know, if I stick with the retail theme, we've got Restoration Hardware. I know you like Home Depot, but Restoration Hardware is one that I'm looking forward to pitching. Disney, I'm still really uh, okay. enjoying. Um, there's one called SPSC, which is a, a company in the States that provides cloud-based supply chain management software that's sort of appealing. And of course, Airbnb, I don't think we've put into the portfolio yet either. However, I'm going to be doing something quite bold for two reasons here. One is that I think usually I do an, a retail <laughs> stock. Yeah, you've got to do retail. You are the retail whisperer. I'm not doing retail. <laughs> 20, I'm trying to break uh, my mold. Equity mates, 2021, we should all work together to try and get Bryce labelled as the retail whisperer in the Australian Financial Review. That, <laughs> that would be a good goal for the year. That would be epic, <laughs> but I don't know there's, if I could There's that currently a, a Queensland University of Technology professor, uh, Gary Mortimer, that Every time there's a retail story on like the news or anything, he's always the one quoted. I don't we know why, but like when I was at Coles and you'd get like the daily news extract of all the retail stories, he was always the one quoted. He's just somehow got a monopoly on uh, being quoted in the media about retail stories. Okay. That needs to be you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bryce v. Gary Mortimer, 2021. <laughs> I'm calling it. Let's do it. <laughs> So that's the first bold thing I'm. I'm, uh, I'm hold on, I hope I got his name right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> anyway, keep I'm, going. I'm breaking out of the retail for this year, and the second bold part of this is that I'm actually going to be pitching a stock that isn't yet publicly listed. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 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 confident that it will IPO this year. I mean, if it doesn't IPO, I automatically get the win. Of course. Yeah. 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 So I'm I'm risking a lot here, putting myself on the line. <laughs> um, but I think that uh, I, I like the I like the company. It's something that I have enjoyed researching because it's in an area that I've wanted to get exposure to and never have taken the time to really dig deep into it. Um, and look, IPOs were popping like crazy last year and I'm hoping that this thing pops as well and continues to run. So yeah, risky move, but it's bold. Are you going to keep me in suspense or are you going to let me know <laughs> what the company is? The company, uh, well, firstly, there's a lot of IPOs coming, but oh. we can probably do an episode on that. No, Bryce, the is company- com- Bryce is coming off a Brett Lee length run up here. <laughs> <laughs> the company is, um, is Roblox. Okay. Have you heard of it? Uh, not, not. I don't know about it. I've heard the name. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, so it's an online gaming platform. It's it's a it's a, a company that creates this online gaming platform, um, and it is massive. Um, it started in two thousand and six. I'd never heard of Roblox. Roblox, sorry, but it's a sandbox game, Ren, and a sandbox game is a video game with. Um, a gameplay element that kind of gives players a lot of creativity to interact in environments with other people. So the most well-known, I would say, would be Minecraft. You've heard of Minecraft? I have. Never played it. Never but... played it either. Yeah, caveat here, neither Rent or I are really gamers, although you do love Tiger Wood. Uh, the, what is it? PGA, PGA Golf. PGA game, yeah. PGA <laughs> Golf. Um, so, yeah, the, it's, it's competing with Minecraft, but it, it's massive. I think in terms of total players, it, it was ranked in the top 15 games worldwide. Okay. Um, that's against, uh, you know, the Pac-Mans of the world. <laughs> <laughs> what, like League of Legends, L- yeah, StarCraft, or, or, or Exactly, FIFA, all those ones. Yeah. So why do I like uh, Roblox? Well, firstly, as I mentioned, it's a game in the gaming industry and I have always wanted to get exposure to the gaming industry. Haven't bought any ETFs to do with it, but... Um, it's, it, it triggered my, I guess, interest to explore this industry and, uh, I'm not a gamer myself, as I said, but this has really opened my eyes to a whole world of opportunity of understanding how these companies work and really the sheer scale of them. Like it's, it's phenomenal, the amount of people that they're capturing in their environment and the ability to monetize that is very appealing. So the video game industry is um, estimated to be worth about two hundred billion in the next couple of years. So uh, it's currently about one hundred and fifty billion. So some pretty decent growth uh, coming over the next sort of two or three years. Um, Roblox, though, has two appealing elements for me: the network effect. We love companies that have a network effect, and that means that the more people that use the platform, the better the platform will become, and the more, I guess. Um, well, the better the experience for everyone using the platform would be would become. Would you agree that that is a, a definition of the network effect? It is. It is. I'm interested to know how the network effect applies here. Wait, hold on, hold on. Maybe before you move on from defining it, maybe give an example for people who... Perfect example would be social media platforms or Facebook, for example. The more people, the more of your friends that are on Facebook, the more uh, engaging and... I guess, rewarding your experience is going to be on Facebook. If you were the only person on Facebook, it'd be shit. (laughs) Yeah, nice. So, Roblox relies on its users to actually create the environments that people interact in. So, the the more people that come on and create environments, the better the platform will become, the more people that will come onto it. 
And there's two incentives. That is, one, incentivize developers to come and build environments, and then two, incentivize the users to come and interact in these environments. And the second effect that I think is is great is that it's a, it has a pretty good social effect. So people build avatars, and in some cases, they then spend a whole bunch of money on these avatars and create a whole world that is essentially their second person and interact within the game in a social environment. They're actually trying to create their own sort of category, which is called uh, co-human environment. And they see this as a big play when it comes to virtual reality, where people create these avatars and worlds and will eventually be able to really submerse themselves and interact through VR or whatever it may be. So that's sort of what it does in a nutshell. Any questions thus far? I mean, no. Okay. No, I, I don't really understand what – I can't really picture what the gaming environment is, but I, I don't I don't want to get bogged down in that. Yeah, because- I, I, I couldn't either. I had to go and jump on YouTube and it makes total sense when you have a look. Imagine like just – and this is going to sound stupid if, if for those that are playing it, but imagine like a massive Sims environment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. yeah, where you're, you create an avatar and you try and complete challenges and sure. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So let's have a look at the nuts and bolts. 164 million people are active on this each month, which is pretty phenomenal. To put that in size, Minecraft, 131 million. So it's actually bigger than Minecraft, and Minecraft is perhaps one of the most well-known sandbox games. Um, It's seen phenomenal growth, particularly over the COVID period, 81% uh, growth over last year. But the growth rates have been above 60% since sort of 2018. Okay. Um, mind you, this did start in 2006, so it's a pretty old company. Okay. Um, 75% of all US kids between the ages of 9 and 12 play the game. Wow. Huge. So it really wow. is attractive to kids aged between nine and twelve, and I'll get it to a bit. A it's bit a very, later. it's a very specific age bracket between nine and twelve. Yeah, yeah. But that's pretty crazy. Three and four kids. Yeah, and now they're raising money to try to develop a way in which they can a hold those people for a lot longer, but also become more appealing to older people, um, and try and get that sort of a figure for maybe twelve to fifteen, fifteen and mm. beyond, whatever it may be. The people who are playing it are playing it two and a half times more than they are spending on YouTube. So, um, to just give you an idea of, of the sort of scale of this. In terms of a business model, so they have generated um, half a billion, just over half a billion, $588 million in revenue in the last nine months up to the end of 2020. Sorry, how much? $588 million. Okay, wow. Yeah, so pretty significant revenue, and that's grown um, from three hundred million in two thousand and eighteen. So it's pretty significant revenue growth. The two main ways that they create revenue: so they have their own coin called a Robux. Mm-hmm. Uh, users will go in and obviously convert real currency into Robux, and then that allows them to unlock multiple things in the game, yeah, spend on yeah. avatars, Mi- blah, blah, blah. microtransactions, all that, all stuff. that sort of jazz. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then the developers are also incentivized uh, by the Robux coins, which can then be converted for themselves back into real currency. Um, They're either paid by users for their environments or um, the more that people use their environments, they're rewarded with these coins. And some of the best developers are on very high sort of six-figure salaries each year and, and making a decent amount of money. So they're the kind of two main ways you have to buy the coin and they just take a clip on the transaction. 
However, <laughs> this uh, this comes straight from the mount. This comes straight from their IPO and their prospectus. We have a history of net losses, and we may not be able to achieve or maintain profitability in the future. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so whilst they are uh, making pretty significant revenue, they're not turning a profit. Worth noting. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, if if they can manage to to monetize uh, the audience in a in a profitable way, then you know who knows what's possible. So they've raised um, 150 million recently through uh, Andreessen Horowitz, one of the big VC firms in the states. Yeah, that was at a valuation of four billion. They are about to IPO and want to use the funding to expand internationally and to appeal to international gamers. So that's kind of my my pitch. I'm really just back banking on here that the stock market yeah, you, disregard yeah. the fact that they're unprofitable. They're seeing pretty significant growth. The risk is that the, a lot of the growth over the last 12 months has absolutely been from COVID and they recognize that the growth rates they're currently seeing might not be sustainable. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that the majority of their users are in the States at the moment and if they can uh, use the money that they raise – to expand internationally, then there's no reason that the the growth rates can't sort of continue in that vein. Um, and ideally, given that they have so many users at a young age, if they can build a model that keeps those users over a long period of time, uh, that lifetime value of customers is pretty strong. That's my pitch. Nice. Yeah. I mean, isn't your biggest risk that the investment bankers p- price the IPO at a stupidly high valuation and then... It bonds. When you bought from like when you in inverted commas would buy the shares because you let's be honest you're not getting in pre IPO yeah we um, are <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I'm getting in pre IPO I'm getting um, in pre IPO from the first whatever price it hits the boards at it may just be that they price it too high and it might be everything you said might be true but you might get stung by the Goldman Sachs or the Citibank or whoever the well can we put a caveat that it's at the price of IPO that we'd, we'd come in pre IPO no. <laughs> what? We just did that for your bold prediction. <laughs> Which one was that? Uh, whatever your IPO was. Oh, the Stripe one. The Stripe. Yeah, yeah. But we did it for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've made. Oh, look, whatever, whatever. I. But I'm yeah, gonna, you're right. That is a risk. I'm it gonna, is an absolute yeah, risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, I think for me, look, I know this is stock of the year. I, I just kind of got too deep in this on the research side before I considered what the impact of the actual. Uh, competition between yeah, us would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Are they um, are they an American company? Uh yes. I don't know. Do you have that in front of you? No. I'm pretty sure they are, yeah. Hey mate, this is your pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um founded by a couple of blokes, two thousand six, as I said. Yeah, it looks like it. I was just wondering where they were gonna list. Um so I imagine Oh, they're gonna be US. listing in the States. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Okay, cool. Well, so we'll keep track of that. Roblox. Um, I'm happy to put all of that um, info online somehow. We'll yeah. figure out how to do it, and well, then you can have a look at the notes yourself. I'm interested uh, if you were going to put not not just for the this exercise, but if you were going to put your actual money into it. Yeah. Um, would you play it beforehand? Yeah. Um, I watched a lot of videos, surprisingly, to get an idea. Right. To just get the scale of like how people are interacting with this and are there a lot of YouTubers? It's big. So you've it's you've big. completely avoided my question though. Yeah, no, I wouldn't play it. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I think I would want to play it. But I just don't have anything to compare it to. Then I'd have to play Minecraft and then I'd have to play 
to be like, is this better than my like? Because interestingly, Minecraft I think has only been around for two years. It's got 131 million. This has been around for two, since 2006. No, Minecraft's so. been around for more than two years, hasn't it? I don't think so. I feel like I've heard about it for a long time. You mate, you're throwing a lot of big calls out here today. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a lot newer. It's a lot newer um, than than Roblox. Um, so I guess yeah. What I, I think at the very least, what I'd want to do. Uh, Minecraft was released in 2011. 2011. Oh, initial release date, 2011. Initially released as what was known as Minecraft Classic on May 17th, 2009. The game was then fully released on November 18, 2011. There you go. Anyway, let's not worry about Minecraft. because No, yeah, um, it's not public either. I, I, I would be... No, it's owned by Microsoft. Minecraft. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh. yeah. Anyway, uh, I think at the very least I would be... Speaking to like my my kid cousins who are sort of in that nine to twelve age bracket and trying to understand like what do they think of Roblox? Is it is it cool for them to play it or is there like a new game that they're playing? Because selling to kids can be fickle. Like if that nine to twelve window is the window you got to hit, and they're obviously hitting it hard, they got to make sure that the next nine year olds and you know yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree, and I think they've recognised that they can't keep uh, relying on the nine to twelve year olds, which mm. is why they want to try and yeah make it more appealing to an older demographic. So with that's going to come a lot of money spent on I guess their engines and maybe changing environments to become less child friendly and a bit more. I guess, but you know, like I'm just thinking of teenagers being like, but that's a kid's game. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look, I, I think it's. I think anything that can get three quarters of a population to do something yeah. is a very compelling <laughs> business. So don't get me wrong. I like it. I'm just trying to think what the what the contrarian argument would be. But um, yeah, I, I like it. Nice. Here's, here's a question: If uh, you know, a, a lot of these big tech companies are making plays in the gaming space. So Microsoft bought Minecraft. Amazon bought Twitch. Apple have released a few gaming things. Um, everyone's trying to get into the gaming the gaming ecosystem. Could a company end up just buying Roblox? Sure, I didn't see why not. Yeah. What would that do for our stock of the year game? We'd have to review that at the yeah, time. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to. Do you want a backup one? That's do you want, just not. Don't give us the pitch. Just give us a backup name now. Restoration Hardware. Okay, done. <laughs> <laughs> it's listed in the states. Restoration Hardware. R H. If you want to look it up. Okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a great pitch. Yep. I think let's uh, take a break. Hear from our sponsors, and then I will tell you the company that is fated to lose fifty percent of its value <laughs> in twenty twenty one. Nice one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. So, um, geez, I'm a little bit nervous for this. What? <laughs> <laughs> You really talked uh, about just rip into it. You're the saying twice bitten, uh, no, once bitten, twice shy. I'm three times bitten, fourth time shy. <laughs> just rip into it. It's nah, okay. Fun. So uh, I'm going to, there's a few uh, vectors or a few connections between your stock and my stock. First one being uh, my company that I'm pitching, or not pitching, but putting forward, owns 1% of Roblox. It also owns 5% of Tesla, owns 5% of Reddit, owns 7% of Activision Blizzard, owns 5% of Afterpay as part of a $350 billion investment portfolio. And that's not even the key part of the business. (laughs) Jeez, you've you've got my ears interested. (laughs) So the company that I am talking about today is Tencent. Um, Traded in Hong Kong, ticker 0700. Hong Kong uses numbers, not ticker codes. Yep. Also, there's a like a foreign depository um, that tracks Tencent in the US. But yeah, it's a it's a Chinese company traded in Hong Kong. All right. Um, now you're gonna, there's times here where you're gonna need to take me out of the weeds. So just uh, okay. I got a bit of a spiel. All right, you've got 15 minutes. You've got 15 <laughs> max. Uh, ten, so Tencent was founded in 1998. Pony Ma, the the key founder, to make internet products for pages. Pages, big business today. That's why I'm investing. <laughs> no, they um they very quickly pivoted away from pages and created a social messaging app called QQ. Um, QQ is still a massive social network in China, um, but in 2011, Tencent released the Chinese super app WeChat. Yeah. Uh, have you heard heard of it? I'm on it. Are you? Yeah. I tried to start a um, Dai Gao business and got on it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you find it? I didn't. Well, I did, it was tough. It's it's you need to know a lot of the language. Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um, we WeChat is um, a super app, and super apps pr- are, pr- are a pretty uncommon concept for uh, Westerners. Uh, but in a lot of uh, developing countries, super apps are quite common. Um, they're basically the app upon which all other apps are built. And for WeChat, what that means is that well, I mean, to think think about if like Uber, uh, Menulog. You know the Sydney Morning Herald news stuff. All of that was built on Facebook. So rather than opening separate apps to do this stuff, you were opening Facebook and then you were ordering food through like the app mm. in Facebook, mm. or like you were ordering a. We'll ride. see it. I don't know if we will, to be honest. Um, but so that that's what WeChat is. It started as a it's a social media play, but it's really now a super app. Um, and uh, there's a stat to give you so to give you an idea of how much time people spend on WeChat. So the average daily... So WeChat has over a billion monthly active users. Basically, if you're a Chinese person with a phone, you have WeChat. The daily average use... So the average daily use of WeChat is four hours, which is more than the average daily use of Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter combined. Yeah, but... um if it encompasses a lot of those elements, then that kind of makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah, but still combined. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, all combined don't don't equal what WeChat has. Yeah. All right. Well, I was pretty blown away by that. But uh, okay, I'll take your muted you response what I'm saying? and move on. Yeah, of yeah, course, of course. Yeah. Um, it's sucking up those functions. So one thing is that there's so many users on there. The mm. second thing is that really valuable internet companies are being built on top of WeChat. So it's a super app, as we said, but. To give you an idea of the scale of businesses that are being built on WeChat, Didi, which is China's answer to Uber, yeah. currently valued at $60 billion, built on WeChat. Pinduoduo, which is a Chinese e-commerce platform mainly focused on the regional areas that Alibaba don't service as well, currently valued at $200 billion, built on WeChat. Uh, Meituan, which is China's number one food delivery app, kind of like the Uber Eats on Menulog of China, currently valued at $230 billion, built on WeChat. Wow. Important thing to note is that when these apps are being built on WeChat, Tencent have an opportunity to invest early and see potential, at which they've done. They own, uh, they invested in DD, Pinduoduo, and Meituan, amongst a number of others. And then they also have the opportunity to whatever companies they've invested in that are built on their platform, they can then push to their users. And so like they can sort of have a self-fulfilling prophecy of the businesses that they that are building on their platform, they can put in front of all their users. So I, I, I don't know if I've done a good job of explaining the dominance of WeChat. Yeah, absolutely. But it's dominant. Yeah. But that's just one business area where WeChat is dominant. So it's the equal largest social network uh, with Facebook. I'm not sure what that measure is, um, but yeah, it's the equal largest, I guess, in terms of like monthly active users or something. Must be because it couldn't be total reach. No. Yeah. no. Well, this is the thing. So yeah. we'll get to it, but there's a constraint on 10 cents yeah. operating businesses, which is really, it's a domestic operator. It's constrained in terms of, uh, how it can grow those operating businesses. We'll get to that. On top of being the uh, equal largest social network with this dominance in the Chinese market, it's also the world's largest gaming company. Uh, just for good measure, it's also the world's second largest music service and one of the world's largest venture capitalists. Yeah, but, that but, w- that's interesting. But well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Um, in terms of the gaming business, so it's really got three elements of its gaming business. It develops games in-house under its Tencent Games division. Uh, it releases Chinese versions of non-Chinese games, so partners with you know, makers all over the world um, to release games in China. And then number three, it invests in non-Chinese game publishers and developers around the world. And to give you an idea of their reach... This, this was in 2018, but it still holds true. Four of every 10 investment dollars worldwide in the gaming industry were 10 cents, four of every $10. But then over seven in every $10 of mergers and acquisitions, so like actually buying game developers and game companies, were 10 cents. They just, they dominate this space. They some of the some of the games that they own or have invested in, um, League of Legends... Um, they own the maker of that fully. Uh, Clash of Clans, that mobile game, they own 84% of that company. Fortnite, they own 40% of Epic Games, the company that makes that. Uh, they own 5% of Activision Blizzard, which make like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, and they own 5% of Ubisoft, which makes Assassin's Creed, Far Cry. That's just 
the the top end of a very long list of um, gaming businesses that they have either fully bought or invested in. Um, they're huge. Yeah, yeah, massive. Massive. Yeah. Now, what they do with this money is so they've got these. They've got a number of other operating businesses that do quite well, but I don't want to get too in the weeds on all of those. The yeah. two big ones are social through WeChat and QQ um, and the gaming stuff. With the money that they make from that, recently I think they made about $5 billion US a quarter um, in terms of profit. They take that money and then they pay it out. Uh, then they invest it in companies all around the world. To give you an idea, so the co- the company have said they've invested in over 700 businesses. Um, I've found a list of the top 103 that they've invested in, <laughs> which when I first uh, started doing this, re- when I started writing this a few days ago, it was worth about $330 billion. It's a live sheet that totals, it's now worth $356 billion. So wow. it's jumped like $26 billion in a few days. Um but here, just to, to give you an idea of some of the companies you may have heard of that they own, that they've invested this their in their profits into, five percent of Reddit, five percent of Tesla, twelve percent of Snap, nine uh, percent of Spotify, two percent of Discord, eighteen percent of JD.com, ten uh, percent of Universal Music Group, ten percent of Ola, the ride hailing app, twenty five percent of Gojek, which is a um, Indonesian yeah, uh, yeah, like ride hailing app, yeah. 5% of DD, uh, 15% of NEO, the um, Chinese version of Tesla, 17% of Pinduoduo, 1% of Roblox, your company. My boys. So they are just um, investing money all over the world. Sounds like the to- Equimates business model. <laughs> <laughs> to give you an idea, and, and so I guess the, the point then is, that's fine. A company can have a really strong operating business, take its profits and invest it elsewhere. But if it's making shitty investments yeah, and actually yeah, yeah. losing value for yeah. the shareholders and that, that's not a good thing mm. luckily that's not what Tencent's doing <laughs> um, the world's greatest venture capital fund uh, is Sequoia Capital which has invested in 109 unicorns wow. so private companies that are or were valued at more than a billion dollars um, Tencent have invested in 52 putting it at the number 2 spot um, and then I think SoftBank is number three. Um, but they've also just got so much cash. Um, Tencent claim that they've done more than Sequoia, but from what I was reading, there's no proof of that. Um, so, yeah, they've they've taken that money and they've invested it well, I think is, is, is really the key point. The other thing that they're doing is when they're not investing in companies, they're partnering with really interesting brands and just expanding their dominance in China. So they have the rights to the NBA in China until 2024. Um, they partnered with Lego to develop games for children. Um, Carrefour, the French supermarket giant, yeah, yeah. they partnered with them to trial some re- retail concepts in China. They're just like they're just this like giant conglomerate now that you know if you want to work in China, you want to work with them. They've got all this money that they want to invest around the world. And that's exactly what they're doing. Mm. And so for me, um, well, hold on. I'll pause here um, if you've got any questions or comments because otherwise I'll just keep rolling. No questions or comments. Okay. (laughs) Um, So the number one takeaway is they're huge. The number two takeaway is that in a number of key verticals, they're dominant. Um, They're not like a third or fourth player. They're the number one player in a lot of things. 
uh, in gaming, they're number one in China. In social, they're number one in China. Uh, their app store is number one in China. Their mobile browser is number one in China. Video, they're number one in China. Mobile payments, they're number one in China by monthly and daily active users. Cloud services, they're number two. But still, they just have all these dominant pockets. And then what you can do is you can line up um, the revenue that they make from these businesses against the best in class businesses in the world and the revenue that they make. So like you compare 10 cents uh, payments business to PayPal's payments business. It's a little bit smaller, but not that much smaller. You compare uh, Netflix's subscriber revenue to uh, 10 cents video subscriber revenue. Again, smaller, but not that much smaller. Media ads, New York Times is apparently best in class outside of China. Tencent make more than them. In gaming, Nintendo v Tencent, Tencent are making more from gaming revenue. Social ads, Facebook smash them um, in their social category. And cloud computing, you know, like Amazon Web Services, Amazon are a fair bit bigger. But there's this chart that maybe we can share on socials or something. Tencent can can compete in so many different categories with the best in the world. It's just it's just crazy the more you read about this company. But anyway, I'm going to get to the the long and the short of it. Nice. Um, I did some back of the envelope maths for this, and it's a couple of days old, but the principle still holds. Um, the current market value is around 800 billion US dollars. If you strip out the value of all their investments in other businesses. And this is just what I could find, so the top 100. So forget the other 600 the company is saying they're investing in. Uh, it's about $350 billion. So 800 less 350, you've got $450 billion left. So that means the market is valuing the operating businesses, the gaming business, the music business, the, the social media business, the actual operating business at about $450 billion. They're doing about... 5 billion in profit a quarter, so about 20 billion in profit a year, which means you're getting a price to earnings ratio of about what 22 and a half. Yeah, so you compare that to what you know, most tech businesses outside of China, the price to earnings they trade at, um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good valuation for yeah, the operator. Very low multiple. Um, so for me. Given my uh, track record with uh, stock of the year, I like the fact that there's a lot of upside. You know that potentially they've saturated the Chinese market, um, and they're needing to move across to all these new verticals because they will have trouble expanding internationally. Mm. Um, but the it feels like there's not uh, too much of a premium put on that operating business. Twenty two and a half price to earnings. And then the growth should really come from a lot of these investments playing out. Um, they're, you know, having 5% of Tesla over the last two months would have been a, a yeah. great investment. Um, so for me, yeah, that's the if the oper- if the domestic operating business can be a, you know, a cash cow and they can they can keep spitting out profits and then they can keep allocating that profit sensibly into other businesses around the world. For me, that's a really interesting company. Massive company. Yeah, huge. Yeah, enormous with fingers in many pies. I think, um, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal when you go under the hood and find out uh, 
what they're doing with their profits, what they're investing in, the exposure that they have to a number of businesses that we obviously also like investing in. So yeah, good research. I think pretty amazing. My only sort of comments would be around the risk of being a Chinese company and the, yeah. and the, the, the risk that comes from government stepping in and trying to assert their dominance over dominant Chinese companies. Um, And then also your point around how far until they saturate the Chinese market and have to start um, relying too much perhaps on their investing side of the business. Well, I think um, there's those two questions are interrelated because I think whilst the – especially the social media, like especially whilst WeChat is – compliant with the Chinese government rules around, you know, uh, letting the government basically see everything and monitor everything and all of that, international expansion is just going to be off for cards. Like, we're not going to be downloading WeChat, although apparently you did. Um, I did. (laughs) um, So, like, whilst they're complying with the Chinese government, you're probably not going to expect much international expansion of some of their key products. I mean, gaming maybe more so, but not socials. Um, But... uh, if you flip it around and they're like, all right, we want to expand internationally, then that might put them in conflict with the Chinese government. Mm, mm. Given the fact that Jack Ma disappeared for a few months and apparently apparently was seen last night, but it was on like a video call. It was a 90-second video. Um, All a bit sus. Didn't mention anything to do with his disappearance. Yeah, really sus in like a nondescript room. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway. I think you, you would expect this business to continue to comply with the Chinese government, uh, stay a domestic operator in terms of socials, try and find some of these avenues like um, like gaming to, to expand internationally, but really expand the international footprints through investments. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's really the play. Nice, Ren. So, we're recording this on the 21st of Jan. We'll take the date from today for yep. performance and... Uh, We've got Roblox yet to IPO and Tencent, hopefully uh, something that is not going to lose 50% oh, in value. So we've, <laughs> I'm sure it's not, Ren. It's a, it's a phenomenal business. Um, we might try and get that research available at some point. Uh, at, yeah, I don't know how we'll try and get it up, maybe on the website or through a, potentially an email that we'll discuss in, in uh, near future. So stay tuned for that. But We'll leave it there, both our stock pitches for 2021. Thank you for, for joining us. A reminder that our Equity Mates doesn't stop when you have finished with this podcast, though. You can email us at contact at equitymates.com. Follow us on all the social channels or head to our website, equitymates.com slash contact and leave, uh, leave us a voice message or some uh, other information on our contact page. If you are stuck for pod recommendations, we do have our Get Started Investing podcast for the beginner buffets. And also, our latest podcast is Comedian v Economist. Having a lot of laughs listening to the boys over there. Adam, who is a comedian, and his brother, Thomas, the Economist, uh, break down all macro economics in easy to digest ways. So, uh, head over there. And also, stay, stay tuned for some uh, new shows coming for Equity Mates Media this year. But, Ren... We'll leave it there. Always fun kicking off 2021. We've done our bold predictions. Now stock of the year. Let's see how it plays out. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. 
The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional.